0: Hello, and welcome to There's a Thought Podcast. I'm Mary. And I'm Isaac. We're a pair of humanities students who've started a podcast to delve into the biggest philosophical and political debates of today. And this is our first episode. Thank you very much to everyone who's listening. Yeah, we hope you'll enjoy listening to our chat today and sending us your own questions and ideas later on.
1: Yeah, we're really excited about engaging with you and listening to lots of different thoughts about our discussion.
0: It's a big day. How are you feeling, Isaac? Good, thanks. How are you, Mary? I'm also good. I'm delighted that we've gotten over our technical difficulties <laughs> that yes. have led us here. It's, um, it's been a lot in the making. So, um, so what's our first ever topic?
1: Well, we're starting with animal ethics.
0: <laughs> we're starting small, aren't we? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But it is a broad subject, but we're going to break it down and have a think about the real questions that people are asking
0: when they talk about animal ethics so to start it's probably worth defining ethics definitely and there are two philosophical definitions of ethics ethics comes from the greek word ethos and is a sort of study of the things we use when we make decisions so concepts like good or right or duty and obligation Uh, when we make choices we think about what's good and what we have a duty to do that's all ethics Uh, Then there's applied ethics, and this is something that's probably what people actually think of when they talk about ethics. This takes these concepts like good and right or or duty, and it applies them to actual problems. Things like how we treat animals, how we treat each other, the environment. That's the basics.
1: So when we look at animal ethics today, we're thinking about the concepts of good and right and our duties and applying them to how we treat animals.
0: Congratulations. You're a philosopher now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm pleased. Animal ethics as a topic its huge, Mary. Yeah. And there's loads of angles you can look at it from. So we're going to break these down, get into the questions and potential answers, which we can all respond to and form our opinions
0: around. But we don't want to be boring. We're <laughs> explaining the questions and ideas and the responses some people give, especially politically, but we're not going to be sitting here giving our own opinions and ideas. Instead, we'd love you to let us know what you think. We'll give all the details to do so at the end of the show, and or you can find them in the description. So,
1: let's get into Animal Ethics. We think that philosophical and political discussion can often be traced back to a few questions, and once you know what they are, the debate is much clearer than it might have been at first glance.
0: So looking at animal ethics today, we're going to start with one of the biggest questions at the core of the topic. Do we have any moral obligations to animals? It's pretty broad, but it's a great place to start when you're looking for a position on animal ethics. Once you've got your answer to this, you're on a roll. So to keep it simple, you can break the question into two answers. Yes or no.
1: And keep in mind what we're basically asking is, what do we have to do for animals? If someone thinks that we don't have to do anything for them, And I think that the answer to our first question is no.
0: So if you don't think we have any moral obligations to animals, you essentially think that we can do what we want with them. It doesn't matter if they suffer or if we eat them, we can use them for anything we want.
1: Some people say we don't have obligations to animals simply because we only have moral obligations to humans. It might be fine to prioritise our own species and we can use animals for whatever we want because they're not like us or not as valuable as humans. Interestingly, there are discussions in the UK about bringing back animal testing for cosmetics. If you think that it's fine, then you think we have no obligation to animals, or you think we have very weak
0: obligations to them. But if you think it's not fine, then you're answering yes. You think we do have some moral responsibility to animals, and you're opening up a scale of obligation. Some obligations might be thought of as weak, and this might mean that we have to do something for animals. We have to not cause them to suffer unnecessarily, but we can do things like kill them. Or if you consider obligations strong, that might mean that you think of our obligations as similar to our obligations to humans. So we can't do anything to them we wouldn't do to our fellow human. Some people even say that obligations, if your obligations to animals aren't the same as your obligations to humans, it's speciesism. We have no reason to believe in theory that we're any better than animals. So we should have the same moral obligations to them as we do to our fellow humans. Basically, strong obligations are talking about similar duties to animals as the ones we have to humans. (laughs) And Isaac's dog agrees with that. we established that Isaac's dog, Rory, thinks that we have strong moral obligations to animals.
1: Yes, which make it wrong to use them in any
0: way, like food or to test medicine. And most of the time, even self-described burger-loving carnivores would say that it's cruel not to take your dog for a walk because they suffer. It's a really common opinion. Even if you think it's OK to eat meat, you might not think it's OK to just randomly hurt an animal or test products on them in a way which causes suffering. And this does tell us that Most people think that we have some obligation to animals.
1: So already there are loads of questions lined up on there. If the answer is yes, we do have more obligations to animals. We can ask why we have them, how strong they are, and most importantly, what are the obligations?
0: We did say it was a big topic. Yes, This is only one area of animal ethics, but we thought it was a good place to start. We'd love to hear any of your thoughts, opinions or questions, so please do get in touch with us at the end of the episode.
1: But first we can have a think about the real world, how people tackle these questions politically and where that leads them. We mentioned the the discussions about bringing back animal testing, but there's something else floating around Parliament at the minute.
0: Now, bear in mind we are recording this in August 2021. But this is very relevant when we're asking about why we might have obligations to animals.
1: The Animal Sentience Bill is in the House of Lords at the moment. The first chance to recognise in law that some animals are capable of suffering. The essential argument is that we have an obligation to avoid the suffering of certain sentient animals. An interesting part of the bill is that it will establish the Animal Sentience Committee. Basically, they will push the government and make recommendations by acting in consideration of animal welfare on the basis of sentience.
0: So generally, how are we defining sentience here?
1: Well, the RSPCA defines sentience as the capacity to have positive and negative experiences like pleasure, pain and distress.
0: So it's basically just being able to feel things.
1: Basically, yes.
0: A lot of the things I was reading about were the disputes that some animals like octopuses aren't counting in this legislation because their neurological architecture is different from ours.
1: Yes. Well, there's a lot of debate about this. But what's important here is that even when we're talking about obligations to animals, it's made extra complicated because we can distinguish between animals depending on how much they suffer or how similar they are to us. So which animals are we talking about?
0: So apparently, even though it's an animal, some scientists don't classify a sea sponge as sentient because it has no nervous system. To some people, this means that if they can't suffer, we can do what we want with them. And I've got to be honest, my first thought when reading this was poor Spongebob. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I will say quickly as well that we're humanities students who aren't great at all this sciencey-winesy stuff. (laughs) Um, If you'd like to fact check us or learn some more about this, you can find uh, all our sources for this episode on our website. So go and have a look at that and think of Spongebob. Keep him in yeah. your thoughts.
1: Yeah, we would appreciate <laughs> any feedback you have on SpongeBob, guys. It's an interesting debate.
0: Yeah, we we want stuff. to do whatever we can for SpongeBob rights.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm for Patrick as well. Yeah, the starfish.
0: I think Patrick would be sentient. Depends yeah. if sea stars have a Squidward definitely would. Maybe that's why he's so miserable. I don't
1: yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, who owns the Krusty Krab?
0: It's uh, Mr. Krabs. He's Mr. definitely pa- sentient.
1: Yeah, because he's very distressed when the when the uh, the burgers. The crabby patties don't go out on time. So, mm. yeah.
0: Yeah, but Spongebob can, like, eat his own hands and stuff because he's got no nervous system. Yeah.
1: Wow. We, we, need to, we need to get someone on to talk about this. Bear we, in mind, if, if everyone, if this don't. is
0: extremely relevant to the debate.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> please, please do your own research. Watch, watch plenty of episodes to formulate your argument. It will yes. help you. <laughs> it's, a, it's really interesting, though, with this idea of hierarchy of animals. That we tend to treat a dog, for example, better than a spider. We'd love to know what you think and why.
0: So we've thought about why we have obligations and this idea of animals being able to suffer or being similar to humans. It's already getting really messy and there are so many ideas here. If we tried to cover them all at once, this would be an extremely long podcast, which is not quite what we're aiming for. No, No, But there are some other notable ideas we did want to briefly mention here.
1: There is a difference between a rights-based approach and a welfare-based approach to animal ethics. Considering the welfare of an animal comes from human responsibility for animals. When we say it's cruel to kill an animal to eat them, we are either saying we have a responsibility for the welfare of this animal, and animal welfare isn't benefited by killing animals, or we are saying animals as individual beings have rights, like the right to not be killed. It's worth thinking about whether or not you think animals have rights, or we, are, or we are just responsible for their welfare, or even both.
0: Mm, that, is, that is really interesting. Like, if you have a pet dog and you take it for a walk, are you doing that because yeah. the dog has a right to exercise or because it's in the best interest of its welfare and you're responsible for the dog yeah. to give it its best interest? That's of very course. interesting. It's also worth thinking about what these obligations entail. Once we've decided which animals we actually have duties to and how strong these obligations are, We might wonder what they mean we have to do or not do to animals.
1: So do we have an obligation to not hurt animals? Do we have an obligation to stop other people hurting them? Are we allowed to kill them if we minimise their pain when we do? Are we allowed to use their produce like dairy and eggs for our benefit?
0: Considering animal ethics involves answering a range of questions to get yourself to a conclusion about how you think animals should be treated. To recap, A core question is whether or not we actually have obligations to animals. If we do, how strong are they? And when we're being good people, how do you think we should be treating animals?
1: There's so much to think about and ask, so much we
0: haven't even had time to go into. This has been our own introduction into the topic of animal ethics. We hope that whilst you've been listening, you've been talking back, maybe even shouting back at us in your head or out loud with your own questions and answers. Please
1: do take a moment to let us know your thoughts. Maybe you think there's another question we should be asking or different politics and ideas we should be factoring in.
0: If you do let us know your thoughts, please make it clear if you don't want us to include your opinion in the next show. Otherwise, we might read out your thoughts anonymously at the beginning of our next episode. To get in touch, send us an email at there's a thought podcast at gmail.com or head to our website www.there's a thought podcast.wordpress.com to find out the details of our social media and send us a message over there. You can find all these details in the podcast description as well.
1: Remember to subscribe to the podcast and follow us online to keep up to date with our new episodes and content. For now we've been Isaac and Mary on There's a Thought podcast and we hope you've enjoyed our discussion of animal ethics.
0: There's a Thought podcast was created and presented by Isaac Brewer and Mary Crawshaw as well as being written and produced by Mary Crawshaw. Join us next week for our discussion about freedom.